stacking them deep, selling them cheap. It tastes like gasoline, rubber, and victory. We're just out here stacking pennies. This is the Too Tough to Tame Stacking Pennies edition. Here with my good friend, Mr. Chuck Bush and Jonathan Merriman. We're going to break down a, what I consider a wild Darlington race, what some people don't. Uh, we had some throwbacks. We had a throwback ass whipping is what uh, was seemed to be the common, uh, the common analogy used, ass whipping. Uh, James Small was fired up on the box for Martin Truex this weekend. He, again, for the third time, declined to be on Stacking Pennies. Thanks, Martin, uh, for that. We'll get some other people on here and have some fun with them. We actually got Justin Algar coming on the show here later on, so I'm excited to talk to him. Darlington winner. Darlington winner. Throwback to uh, Dale Jr.'s 1999-2000, maybe? 2001? Yeah. 2001. Is it the baseball Coke. card? No, no, that was, no. Jo- that was Josh Berry's. That, that was Josh Berry's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then we got a we had some uh, controversy in Xfinity race with uh, Noah Gragson getting tossed and losing out on a hundred grand. I'd be a little salty. I think it's under appeal. It is under appeal. I have not seen an appeal in my entire life get overturned. It does not look good for them in that hundred thousand dollar check. Jonathan Merriman, what did you think about the throwback weekend? Loved it. I mean, it was it was Darlington is a throwback racetrack, so you're going to have the racing that we saw at Darlington, right? You know, Ned Jarrett, 14 laps ahead of the field. That is Darlington. That's what we saw. We saw great paint schemes. You had one of the most authentic ones. I thought Eric Jones's looked pretty good. You can't go wrong with the the Hooters paint scheme either with uh, with Chase Elliott. So, uh, all around, pretty solid weekend. Did you race the fire suit? I saw you tweeted the photo. No, it was tight, man. (laughs) Let me give a little backstory on that. I'm glad you brought that up. So we had anybody who saw my Instagram, I had the original 1990, uh, I think it was one of two or three that Alan had for that year. My my friend Robbie Benton uh, used to own RAB Racing, Xfinity car, Xfinity team. His dad was a Mac Tools dealer, still is. He more or less helped Alan get off his feet late 80s when he was trying to build that cup team and they hit it off and so alan gave bobby robbie's dad one of his fire suits and it was sitting in a safe for 28 or so years and robbie went over and cracked the code and whipped that thing out we met for coffee on sunday morning and he was like man here you go see if this thing can uh, fit you and i tried that thing on granted it was tight obviously alan was probably about eight inches shorter than i was and probably 30 pounds lighter the old uh the old hammies were a little bit tight in that thing, but we got some good content to it. It was really cool. Now, I don't know if that thing was fl- was flame retardant anymore. It was probably flammable. I was going to say, like, would that have passed the modern safety? No, uh, I think that if I would have probably walked close enough to somebody smoking a cigarette, I might have went up in a ball <laughs> of flame at that point in time. It was, like, kind of, like, crusty. Now, I tried to take good care of that thing because, I mean, that thing deserves to be downstairs. We are in the eighth floor in the janitor closet here today. We're not downstairs in our studio that, that thing deserves to be in the Hall of Fame uh, to be shown off. It does not need to be in a case. But to Jonathan's point, I thought I had the best. That was one of my – I have multiple bones to pick, as I tweeted, everybody tuning in. First bone to pick, I don't like when – and I don't want to pick on anybody specifically, but I'm going to pick on Fox. It is not like <laughs> Halloween. I don't want to pick on anybody, but I'm going to pick I'm, on – I'm yeah. not going to name names, okay. but Fox. Okay. Halloween like, or not, Halloween? 
It's not ha- Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Halloween. It's not stick on mustaches, Larry Mack. It's not wear bell bottoms. It look like you're going to a damn 70s disco. A throwback weekend, in my opinion, is to pay homage to the people and the champions prior to the sport. I do not like it when it turns into a Halloween party. Granted, don't talk about me dressing up as Alan Kowicki in his old fire suit. That's different. That's different. Okay, okay. So what if I show up at the track with a, like, I grow my beard out and then I shave it into, like, an old... Uh, Fu Manchu. Yeah, or sideburns, like, do the old, like, throwback look like that. Uh, yeah. Got some vintage clothes, you know, going to wear some Chuck Taylors, where, you know, look... But look, you're not going to wear a wig. No, no, I'm not going to wear a wig. I'm going to, like, actually look like I'm from that time. Yes, that's okay. And, like, walk out there with... Strickard and I did it a couple of years ago with the 8mm camera. And right. And shot the whole race like that. Yes. Like, you're going to... Zach Albert. Um, did you see him down at yes, the track? Yes, he had an old-school white Winston jacket. Uh-huh. looked pimp. Had the camera... Like, he always posts those pictures um, mm-hmm. uh, from the camera that he, that he takes down there. And there's some amazing shots. So. They are amazing shots. So... He does not wear a wig and platform shoes so your bone to pick is like the party city version of a throwback versus the true authentic throwback right where you're going to a vintage store and finding the true threads yes okay or i will say this one redeeming thing one redeeming thing i will say i don't know if you guys saw it earlier in the week but fox actually did or fs1 actually did a throwback to race hub and they recreated the actual set from the first show i think it was either 2007 or 2009 and they did. All right. I they did that. the 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 button up kind of like they're not necessarily denim shirts, but they're like the blue shirts, the jeans, what they wore when they did the original show. Uh, so yeah. that was cool. I will agree with you though. Like, you know, if you're if you're on pit road and you're just wearing an ACDC t-shirt and some bell bottoms, it is a little like mm. it's about. The I don't race mind the ACDC shirt. I don't mind that. I I do mind. On Saturday for the Xfinity broadcast, they had them wearing white T-shirts and open button-down shirts. That's that is my that rubbed me the wrong way. That's my sort of bone to pick is when we first started the throwback stuff. It was a decade, like we were throwing back right. to the '60s, the yes. '70s. So like you had a specific yeah. time period. Now it's just like oh, we're gonna go back and do the flared shirts and do the, the '70s look, but there's no real like set. Right. throwback most of the throwbacks were 90s and 2000s yeah right? how come we don't part? have a futuristic yeah. weekend <laughs> we got that next year yeah, next, that, gen. That's next gen yeah next gen <laughs> all, <laughs> all the numbers will be back on the uh <laughs> oh, don't I'm, I'm already chapped today but chuck don't even so uh with the xfinity broadcast you had walter pull out his old fire suit the country time fire suit yeah and then how pulled, the hell he, he got that zipped how did he get that thing zipped up I don't know. I've got first off. No. I have no room to talk, but <laughs> that thing was tight. It looked like a tick one, got ready to pop. The one that was even tighter was that Hawaiian punch fire suit he had on Sunday. Yeah. I, I walked up to him. I said, "Mike, the only th- I mean, I feel for you. It's a hot day. You're wearing that fire suit, but I really feel bad for that zipper because that son of a bitch is holding on for dear life. If <laughs> if he would have farted, that suit would have blown off his body. <laughs> it would have." And the problem is he, he didn't have any room underneath of it, so he probably wasn't wearing anything underneath of it, which would have been a show for everybody. <laughs> oh. Let me get this back on track. So you were the of the three of us on this show, you were the only one that was down there and taking your car out of the equation. Yep, because that was a, that was a three a tweet a sweet throwback mm. a tweet 
It was. It's a sweet was throwback. Sweet. You, you throw those two together. Yeah. Um, who had the best throwback? Like the details that the details were right. I'm I'm partial. I'm I'm very picky about my throwbacks. I did, and so granted, the Neil Bonnet wasn't the same number, right? Yeah. But they did a great job to kind of reenact it with the lines and stuff. So I thought the 24 looked good. I thought uh, I thought that the 43 honor and John Andretti. I get it, you know. But how many more time? How many more Richard Petty schemes can somebody vote? for the best throwback scheme. It's not a throwback when you run it every single week, guys. That's That was my other pick, bone to pick, as you well know. But I thought the double zero looked cool. Mm-hmm. Another John Andretti scheme from the 98, the Cole, uh, Kelly Yarborough-owned machine. Uh, what else do we have that looked that – looked, I thought the eight looked cool. Yes. yes. Um, that card just looked neat. Um, I, didn't, I didn't like the 99 – I didn't, you know, I don't know what it was about it. Was it just like, all right, we're going to make a car that looks somewhat throwback? It wasn't based on anything, right? Right. I think it was just the throwback uh, Camping World, Mm. like their sort of throwback stylized numbers logo. I get it. Hang on. Can we talk about Sheldon Creed's clapback? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is your show, so uh, you have the platform. It is my show. I guess we can talk about it now. Get your soapbox out and we'll... uh, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit because, in my opinion, chime in, Jonathan. I think that Marcus Lemonis is supporting that series over and above what he's expected to. He's already the sponsor of the series, and now he has an open offer. If you run Camping World in your truck, you get fifteen grand. So, when you have a guy paying for a ride like Sheldon Creed, and you can put Team GMS on it, granted that J- Jason Leffler truck scheme looked amazing by the way uh shout out to uh dick clavelo uh the design guy over at gms knocked out of the park with that scheme but so when he's doing burnouts and i don't want to botch the context here but he said marcus chimes in said hey why are you running a blank truck i'm offered to help so sheldon off the rafters says we're we are worth more than fifteen thousand dollars that brings up bo- both sides of the aisle stand up, and now we're chiming in, right? We got one side, well, 15 grand is, doesn't even buy a set of tires. It does. A set of tires about 2500 bucks. that buys several sets of tires. My question is this. If you go to the track with no money, like if you know on a Thursday, like, you know, we don't, we don't have a sponsor this week, do you just run it blank or do you take $15,000? If $15,000 was sitting on the table, I'm taking it off the table. Especially if my ride's already paid for by family money or whatever. Like, it does not. And then you almost disrespect the way you did it, the guy who sponsored the entire series. I don't think that's a great look. That's just my opinion. Another bone to pick. Throw that one into the bucket. Jonathan? I mean, look, I'm I'm a big free enterprise guy. So if that's how they want to run that business, then let them run that business that way. I think you could argue that, you know, Okay, they took $15,000 for an unsponsored race and what's to say that somebody wants to get on board can just offer them 15 grand and then you devalue yourself. I see both sides, but leaving money on the table to your point is I don't know, it's it's a head scratcher, you know. Hang on, uh, hang on, well, hang on, hang on, sorry, hurry. There's also the caveat if you win with Camping World on it, you get 100 grand. He won the race. He would have well, got 115 for- grand. 
he can win every week too. So that makes it that makes it more confusing. But you right. Know, People people have their reasons to do what they want to do. I mean, I probably would have That's taken fair. the 15k and and ran to the bank, you know. But maybe he really liked but that Leffler scheme. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe so. Could have still ran it. Could have put Overton's on it. Could have done whatever. But Chuck, what's your opinion? Oh, my opinion is, you know, if you're going to do that, you know, that's your thing, but maybe don't uh, clap back on Twitter. Yeah, that's, that's not the yeah, right approach. That's, that's my, like, yeah. yeah. Like, we don't need How to air we'll... everything out on Twitter. We can just. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Corey, yeah, there's I'm going some, to come. I'm going to come pay for your lunch, and then you're going to get on Twitter and tell me to F off. You can pay for your own lunch, and you're just going to yeah. leave your lunch sitting on the. Yeah, it's yeah. just. I'm worth more than 12 bucks, Merriman. You better give me. You better give me dinner at the steakhouse. I can house. buy my own shrimp. And quote Fast and Furious. Buy, yeah, don't you worry. I can buy my Chipotle. Now, if you wanted to buy Ruth Chris, I'll take you up on it. Surf and turf. Well, if you I win, wish there was you a get Ruth Chris. Surf and turf. <laughs> I was like trying to figure out how do I, how do I direct this back oh, to because that'd have been a great transition. Yeah, but there's not one turf. The racetrack. There's no <laughs> the turf in Darlington. The, the product on the – I don't know. Oh, so yeah. let's just transition the roughest of all time. The The topic of – this is what I love because it's such a good conversation. We'll go back to Jeff Gluck, was it a good race poll? Yes or no. It wasn't, well, but, well, this is either yes or it was no. And last I saw, it was about 74 – to 26, give or take. It might be a little bit more. It might be a little less now. But those 2,500 people that voted no, those are the people I got a bone to pick. Whether that is – could be a couple different things. Could be new fans who just want to see side-by-side action, sort of like we saw at Kansas the previous week. On the restarts, you got four or five wide, but nobody's really going anywhere, right? And you're on the mat the whole time, and the car's got a lot of grip because it's got 550 horsepower with a 15-inch – spoiler on the back we go to the lady in black and they said you know what boys we're going to give you all some horsepower back we're going to take the blade off have at it that day yesterday or sunday separated the men from the boys that was probably one of the hardest days just physically getting the car around the track not you know it wasn't like like a hard thing because at the end of the day the guys race on sunday are professionals so you just figure it out but if I think my my really bone to pick is another thing. I I don't want to keep bagging on Fox, but they need to show they need to show how hard it is, whether it be in car cameras or telemetry like a F one broadcast, gas brake, lateral G load, stuff like that to show the fans like, hey, you guys sitting on the couch drinking beer on it like cannot do this. What well, these guys are doing. They they showed they an overlay. They showed a, a side by side of five fifty yeah, at yeah. yeah, at 550. But here's the thing. When they announce the 550, nobody knows what they want, whether it's media, whether it's a fan. And, you know, sorry if this offends you, but the damn drivers don't know what they want either. No, they So don't. when they announce a 550 package and we started running that, on Twitter you can go back and look, and people in the media center were, I can't believe the cars are X amount slower, blah, blah, blah. But – when the cars are slower and the spoiler's bigger, you can't run away from each other. It might be hard to pass the leader. You can't run away from each other. Mm-hmm. Now, they're begging for high horsepower, 
No spoiler. Low down force. Guess yep. what that creates? That creates separation. Nine cars allows, on the lead lap. Right. It allows it. So, I mean, we bitch about <laughs> not being able to pass the leader in a 550 horsepower package, but the racing back in the yeah. field is great. And, you know, pe- we do have good finishes. But then when we give you horsepower and give you a small spoiler – Guess what? Yeah. Martin Truex Jr. wins by two seconds, laps all but nine cars, and we're fussing about that. Pick one. Which, yeah, which we touched on last week, that is it a good race and the old school races, you you could have one car on the lead lap. And by rest, 14 laps. Yes, which happened at Darlington. Darlington. Which, so, yes, having nine cars on the lead lap, and I, I threw this out in a text that we had, and I, I didn't f- complete the research, but – like in the modern era, how many times have you had fewer than ten cars on the lead lap? Like that's a rare occurrence, mm-hmm. which in and of itself, to me, is an amazing thing to watch. Yeah, because we always we talk about the good old days, the good old days, the good old days. Like they weren't that great; they were great, but the racing's better now. It's a hot take. The that racing is, is better now. It is, and People, and and we want to complain about it. We want to I complain think- about it. People want to go to a NASCAR race and watch a World of Outlaws race. They want to see the cars sideways, and they want to see them bunched up and close together. That's not what we are. You saw them sideways at Darlington. Yeah, like, yeah but I not, was not watching side the by race. side. Like, you're not pitching no. slide jobs and stuff like that. Like, stock car racing because is a you beautiful were doing thing. All, you were doing all you could do just to keep your car between the mayonnaise and the mustard by yourself, let alone when you had somebody on your door and you had no side force. Like... That's well, what you get. If the car's a handful, the harder the cars are to drive, the less likely you're going to be are to, to be running side-by-side side with somebody. Well, That's the, just physics. The James Davison tweet, when he you retweeted or talked said something to, you know, speaking of, yeah. there's our transition yeah. right there is uh, talking on Twitter, yeah. speaking of clapping back on Twitter. Yeah. Um, but his comment to yours that he gained more respect for the cup guys for what they do and for the track at Darlington. Like it's now one of his favorite tracks because of how difficult it is. Let let me just quote James Davison, who I think's a pretty good race car driver. He runs indie cars. He's like he's he's a good race car driver. Yes. So I I screenshotted the, the Jeff Gluck uh, poll, put it up. I got a bone to pick with the people who voted no because they obviously don't know the essence of what racing is. So James Davison said. This race gave me a proper appreciation for how good the cup guys are, what they do. I was running around in the last in last place, the first 10 laps saying, how am I not going to fence or spin this thing out? Learned to love it and figured it out, but damn, new favorite track. So this guy's been running the cup series for over a year and a half now, maybe, maybe a year, a little more than a year. And it took him all the way to where they pulled the taper spacer out of the thing at Darlington to be, oh, shit. These guys actually know what they're doing. It's not just match your foot and go. Now, there's some nuances to guys who are better with 550 package, but generally speaking, to get that thing around Darlington with that much power and that little downforce is hard. And sometimes when the cars aren't driving great, from Martin, I mean, Martin Trix's car was probably an anomaly. From Kyle Larson on back, everybody's got their hands full. Some guys have a little more grip, some guys have a little less grip. But generally speaking, you're not going to be side-by-side side with somebody, you can be side-by-side side with somebody with a spoiler on it because you can lean on it, you can get a little sideways and keep going. But if you have that speed discrepancy from 
the straightaway to the corner like we had on Sunday, you're not going to get those side-by-side battles because you slow down for 30 miles an hour in the corner. When the 550 package, you're only slowing down 15 miles an hour. So that's just the way the racing breeds. Now, the people who are beating their fist wanting a 550 package for the Southern 500, be careful what you wish for because it'll be 500 miles of the leader running the very bottom, both ends. That would not be good. That would be bad. Well, with the 750, to your point, the the margin for error is thin, right? Martin Truex Jr. could have easily have slipped up, hit the wall. Kyle Larson could have won mm-hmm. that race. And if it would have happened on the last lap, everybody would have been like, oh, that's a great race. But we all mm-hmm. we fall into this thing like Darlington is a great racetrack. It is a staple for our sport. Throwback weekend is amazing. We over-romanticize this, and the anticipation leading up is high. So when we don't get that, everybody's irritated. The same thing happens at Daytona. That track made our sport. If we have a mm-hmm. Daytona 500 or uh, you know whatever we're calling the, the, the fall race now, it used to be the Firecracker 400, if we have one of those that could have 30 passes in it but doesn't have a big wreck and a pass on the last lap, we're disappointed. It's, we we yeah. hype it up, we I, over-romanticize it, and you have this huge appetite for what you think you're going to get and if, if something doesn't happen that you don't anticipate, people just cry about it. Yep. Hot take. Yep. Darlington made our sport. Daytona cemented the legacy. Ooh, I like that. Um, and I, I would say to your point, Jonathan, we always want the Kurt Busch, Ricky Craven finish. Yeah. And it's possible there. Yeah. We have had close finishes. And guess what? Kyle Larson almost made that happen. Mm-hmm. But he might have used up his stuff, and you know he had to. He went through the middle three wide, like that. Like there was a show going on yes. of him trying to get there, and he almost had it. Yeah. And if he had, I think you're talking about a completely different race. But I don't think it cheapens or lessens anything about that race. Amazing race. Yeah. Could have been instant classic. Yeah, for sure. If he had gotten it. absolutely. But you know. But like. I our point, biggest racetracks, yeah. our biggest racetracks suffer this, right? The Brickyard. The Brickyard, for the past couple of years, the conventional layout has raced fantastic. It has been good. D- Bristol Night Race suffers from the same thing. Darlington suffers from the same thing. The Daytona 500, if it goes clean and green and no big wrecks, it suffers from the same thing. Everything that we bill so high that, that has the potential for it, if one thing doesn't happen that the fans expect... You know, they're, they yeah, vote they no in that poll. That's not fair. It is not fair. All right, let's uh, let's pick this back up here later in the show. we got some awesome guests. We've got Ryan Flores coming on with Pit Road Boats and Woes. we got our Xfinity Series winner, Justin Algaier. And we got Mike Tatoyan, track president from Dover. Big week for the Dryden 400. Come right up. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I'm here with my good buddy Ryan Flores, front changer of Brad Kozowski's. It was a black deuce this weekend, and that thing went from the front to backwards yesterday uh, at Darlington. Pit road boats and woes. The woes weren't necessarily on pit road. They were on the racetrack for that two-car. What happened to y'all? I think that, I think it was the corners that we were having a problem with. I think everything else was all right. But once we got to the corners, the car, the car didn't want to work. We just, I don't know, I guess we just missed it. And it wasn't really a race that trended towards, you know, a lot of cautions, being able to make something happen. It was long runs. How, how was the speed of your car? And we just didn't have it. So we were back there, uh, racing our asses off against Corey LaJoy, which was fun because I saw what I saw this week on pit road and what I have been seeing is a lot of guys when they're beating other guys off pit road, they're just really pimping it out there, really letting everybody know how like, I saw Braxton on the 22. He was out there far enough pointing at Chris Bell. I thought he was going to turn his brake fans off. He was out there so far, but, uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to, to do that to you guys, but we were never really quite close enough to, uh, to really give your guys the guns there. So, you, you say you say pimping it, right? Now, is there games like peacocking going on when you know you, like one team beats another team off pit road, even under green flag stop, which makes no sense to me. But when you have a bunch of pit guys in there doing 14, 13, 12-second stops, beating the next car, you're still showboating after a good green flag stop. Ah, see, look, I don't, I don't showboat after a good green flag stop, but after, like, when they're hell, I I said to Houston Stamper when we saw the eleven beat the twenty two off pit road there in Richmond, I uh, I thought he was gonna run out on the racetrack. I asked him, I said, Where the hell were you going, man? He was three stalls down letting the twenty two know know what they got. But uh but yeah, there's there's something to that, especially in the top five. You know, when you when you're running the top five, top ten, there's the same guys running there all the time. There's definitely some animosity in between uh, in between companies and um, and you wanna let everybody know. So yeah. But but that being said, uh, I think we, we talked about it this weekend, kind of where your team's at and how different teams are, are farmed out, right? And, uh, and your team is definitely farmed out from Ganassi. And uh, we, we, have, we have one. We don't even have any farm teams anymore. All we have is a 21. But when you get in the race against other house cars there, the Gibbs and the they're definitely shooting guns at each other. Yeah. I mean, so, so we were talking last night. There are 20, what did you say, 21 or 22 factory cars or in-house cars and then everybody else is is farm yeah. teams yeah so there's 20 there's 21 house cars that's that's your that's your rcr Stuart Haas, roush uh give penske hendrick like your proper cars from that team right and what it used to be is like jtg used to have their own pit department um you know you would just go to pit practice even even spire would have like their own pit stop uh, their, their own pit crews. Well, then they got hip to, hey, we'll just pay Ganassi. They already have these backups that they're using. We're not going to develop our own guys and have them in house and pay for their travel and everything. So they just pay a set fee, and they and then Ganassi provides them a team. And and it's the same with the Gibbs. Like Gibbs provides um, the the Bubba team, and they provide JTG. Hendrick provides you know X teams, Roush, us. So. It, it does two things. It gives your younger guys 
a, a spot to, to pit, right, on the Cup Series. And it also uh, provides you depth, right, more depth. Especially now, man, you see more guys missing races now than ever. I missed one race in 15 years it was when, you know, our daughter was born. But you see guys, and, and nobody would ever miss a race. You play sick, you, you play hurt. But now with COVID protocols and everything, you see guys having to sit out two weeks, whole teams having to sit out two weeks. We saw that last year. And, uh, and your depth is more uh, important than ever. Hell, our crew chief and our, and our, um, our crew chief and our car chief are both out for the next two weeks because uh, one got surgery and one's on protocol. So you're losing guys all the time now. So when you talk about depth in the pit crew stuff, how, more, how much more important is it to keep a, a unit together? Instead, let's just say you have a, a hot gun on a, a farm team who's one of the quickest in-house. Is it beneficial to bring that guy onto a bigger team or to keep the unit intact because they know everybody's flows and movements? So it's crazy what can happen when you just change one guy, right? Uh, the timing. What, what the, the best pit stops are one where nobody stops moving, right? So if you have a corner of the car that people are always waiting, you know that the other corner of the car is maybe struggling a little bit. So you do start maybe looking at options to, to swap people out. And, and that's happened this year. Hell, the 24's got a new tire change, and, and they're crushing it. Um, but when – when you have that depth, what, what I do see more often than not is the younger guys, when they get a shot to go say, say that I got hurt and a younger guy went in my spot, you see them guys step up because there's just another gear there, but you never get to that gear if the guys that you're working around are also in development stages. It's until you get with the top guys that you figure out like, oh, okay, this is how this works. So, uh, so the step is, is very big, but, um, you know, between good coaching and good people, you see young guys able to make that leap probably quicker now than they ever have, but it's still the divide between good guys and great guys. It's huge. So the overarching theme of this show is what makes a race good or not. I think we've talked about this before, but you and I look at stuff the same way or similar ways. What are some things on the pit road side with, and I can even pinpoint an example. I came in the pits there in a green flag sequence, two car lengths behind Bubba. Right, We come down, and I get the thing in there hot and make pit road and grab pit road speed. All my lights are perfect. We come down in, and he peels off. We come out of pit road, and he's a straightaway ahead of me. Next thing we know, the leader catches me, laps me, and doesn't lap Bubba. So those little tendencies throughout the race on pit road can turn into results on the back end, and I don't think that people really notice that or even think to watch it because people just think you come down pit road and you leave. There's so much time to be gained or lost on pit road, especially during those green flag sequences. Well, you you, you know, it's the old saying, you gain tenths on the track, but you, you gain seconds on pit road, right? Um, so that, that's why everything we've talked about the last couple of weeks, uh, hitting your lights right, your rolling time on pit road, um, getting it right the first time on pit road. We saw Joey sped there at the end of the race, and if there was a late race caution, he was out of it. You know, there was no caution, in it, and it wasn't a real sexy race by any means. There was no money stop. It was a long green flag run, but that place is so challenging, man. And, and green flag stops, it's not as black and white as the, the ticker on a, on, a, on a money stop where it just says plus and minus and what everybody did. There, there's a whole other game going on. It's not as clear to see. It's not as easy to talk about. And you kind of have to be in the mix to understand what's going on. But for somebody that really follows and really understands sports, 
those are the hardest races to win. And when, when you go to Kansas and it's just a restart game and whoever pushes you the best kind of gets the win, it's fun to watch, right? And it's exciting for the viewers. But from a team standpoint, it's kind of a crapshoot, almost like a, like a super speedway used to be. Where Darlington, you have to have everything right. You got to have the driver, you got to have the setup, you got to have the pit, the pit crew, you got to have the calls. You know, if you get short pitted there by two laps, you might lose four or five seconds. Yeah. And, and that's the games that people don't understand because you see one guy come down pit road, and then the next lap is like every car is on pit road because you have to answer that. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, for, for the new fan or the fan that's kind of watching it to see the drama, you're not going to get that. But if you can appreciate the full aspect and the full spectrum of the sport, we need those races. Definitely need those races, and that's well said. So we're going to Dover. We're going to the Monster Mile this week. We have seen countless times Matt Kenseth backing that thing into pit road opening. Dover is one of the hardest green, uh, one of the hardest pit roads to get to under green flag, and it's a, got some narrow boxes. The pit road walls looks like it was built in 1975. What are some things that you uh, think might be a problem here going to the Monster Mile? So yeah, definitely a small steel pit wall, which is actually kind of nice. It's better than going to the homestead with a wall. Of- five foot wall with a 10 foot wide but uh but you know what we see at dover what we see time and time again is loose wheels a lot of load a lot of a lot of vertical load on the car yeah you're you'll feel it right and you there's no masking of loose wheels here if it starts to shake loose it's going to be loose and uh and there's no way you're going to ride with it there's too much load you can look for right front and both rear tires to, to be loose this week a lot of games going on on pit road people hitting maybe four or three lug nuts in the middle of the race. So we'll see if that bites them this week and um, and see if that doesn't take take somebody out of contention for a win. For sure. Dover's one of my favorite places. Doesn't necessarily breed the best racing, but we've seen some good races there in the past. Maybe get a green flag stop or two, possibly see some pit road boats and woes. Thanks again, Ryan Flores. All right, I'm going to do some workouts. Do it. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Summer is a perfect time for a road trip or an outdoor excursion. But first things first, you need to make sure your car is good to go. Luckily, Amazon's Drive Into the Outdoors event is happening now, where you can save up to 20% on car parts and accessories. Truck bed covers, jump starters, car care, motor oil, and other essentials for outfitting your vehicle. Visit Amazon.com slash Drive Into the Outdoors. That's one word. Drive Into the Outdoors to shop. Amazon's Drive Into the Outdoors event runs until June 30th, and there are new deals every day. All right, guys, very special guest joining us again. 
Mr. Justin Algar, throwback Xfinity Series winner this past weekend. Congrats, buddy. Thanks for jumping on the show. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Thank you for having me on. It's um, I feel like you and I are a lot alike. You know, we uh, we kind of live in that throwback world. Like that's our normal. We we enjoy that that aspect of it. We're we're students of the sport and been around for you know a long time. And and uh, you know, for me, you know, my throwback was obviously Dale Senior's car from from you know the later generation of Dale Senior. So, you know, I I wasn't necessarily an old throwback, but still really cool to uh, to have throwback weekend to go to Victory Lane with that car and to uh, to have to race Dale Junior's throwback right next to me. That was pretty special. Well, big weekend, obviously, for uh, for Junior Motorsports. Unfortunately, I think the nine car got that dash for cash win and got taken away. I think they were still appealing it, but I don't know about you. I have not seen the appeal ever get overturned. Uh, so the, brought, the odds are not stacked in their favor. But regardless, a top two for Junior Motorsports. Seems like you guys have that hot, slick inter- intermediate package at Homestead, Atlanta, like you won your first race of the year, and now Darlington figured it out. Do you see, feel like that's a strength? I do. Um, and it's interesting to me because it's the exact opposite of, of what we see regularly on the schedule. Um, you know, I would say that a lot of the mile and a half we go to have fresher pavement, um, a lot smoother places where you kind of set your car on kill and, and you go. I, I feel like that's where we struggle a little bit, you know, making the, the, places like Vegas and, and which we, we've been good at Vegas. We've been good at Texas, but I feel like our wheelhouse really at junior motorsports is uh, when the, when the track is maybe not got us quite as much grip or it's got some character to it with some bumps. I feel like that's where we shine. You know, our team is a, is a bunch of racers and, you know, there, there's a big difference in, in the, you know, we still have a lot of engineers at our shop, but I would say the core of our, of our group of guys even if they are engineers, they, they've grown up in the sport. They've been around racing. They understand it. You know, they, they, they've gotten grease under their fingernails and, and some calluses on their hands. And, and that, that makes a big difference. And, and so I feel like when we go to the racetracks where just hard work and ingenuity um, pay, pay off, I, I think we're really, really good. Um, now, that being said, I would love to have a little bit more speed on some of the other tracks. But, you know, uh, the old saying in racing is speed costs money how fast you want to go, right? And and I think that, um, you know, that's a big part of, of, you know, would be nice if we could, if we could up that spot of it and, and, and get some of the resources that maybe some of these other teams have, but you know what, I wouldn't trade our team for anybody. Um, I, I love our organization. I love, I love everybody at our shop. I, I love just the atmosphere that we have. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Shifting from the competitive side a little bit. I always like digging into guys mental side because anytime yeah, I mean, you win this past weekend. You're on the media tour, right? You do. You're doing stacking pennies. I talked to you earlier today. I'm serious. Like everybody wants to talk to you when everything's going good. I wanted to rewind several years ago when you ran that H. Scott Cup car. Uh, it wasn't ideal. Um, you certainly didn't show what you were capable of. You weren't able to show what you were capable of. Um, and I kind of wanted to dig into that because now I almost feel like I look at you and your career and your trajectory. It almost is similar to my dad's with having didn't have great cup opportunities didn't uh i guess show what he wanted to or able to uh racing the best stuff and he goes and finds and he's end, end up being the big, big fish in a small pond and had a great career for himself um what were some of those days because a lot of times you have to figure out internally ways to motivate yourself how to keep confidence in yourself because that's the first thing that goes 
More than yes. And, um, you know, I, I don't know that I did a good job with it. I, I, you know, I think if I were to go back and do it again today, I could do a lot better job of compartmentalizing things, you know, but in the moment you, you know, the old saying is you don't know what you don't know. And, and I just, I didn't know how to deal with the things that I had been dealing with. You know, I, I've been lucky enough, you know, we worked really hard at the Arca side of things and, and coming up, you know, we didn't have the money that everybody else had. And, and, you know, we, we, we just tried to outwork everybody. And, and, you know, we were fortunate enough to win some races. We, we blew a lot of motors. We broke a lot of transmissions, broke a lot of rear gears. You know, when, when you buy a cup engine that they've mileaged out and you don't freshen it and you just run it as long as it can run until it blows up, you're going to blow some engines up. Right. But that was the only way we raced. I mean, and, and you guys did the same thing, right? When you went to the racetrack, you didn't, you didn't feel like you weren't going to have a shot at winning the race. You felt like you were going there to be good, but you also knew the, the, the time and energy and the, the favors you had to call in to be able to even show up at the racetrack that week. Right. I mean, that's just how we operated. And, and so when I got the opportunity to come to NASCAR, I couldn't have asked for a better opportunity. You know, I went to, to team Penske, um, I signed there as a, as a test driver. I wasn't supposed to race at all. Um, I was just going to be a test driver. And, and obviously that whole world has changed tremendously since those times. But um, I came in as a test driver and, you know, at the time, Alltel was on their car with Ryan Newman and it was going to switch over to David Strimmey. They got bought out by Verizon. And then lo and behold, here I am. They needed somebody to run the Xfinity series um, or the nationwide series back then, but they needed somebody to run the races with the Verizon on their car because they couldn't run on the cup side. And they're like, well, the only guy we got here that can do that is this guy. Right. So, you know, I jumped into this full time head first and I struggled, but I didn't struggle. Right. Like our bad days at, at team Penske were not that bad. Even when I switched over to, to, um, to Turner Motorsports, then, you know, when it became Turner Scott Motorsports, even on our worst days, you know, we weren't, we weren't bad. I, I never felt like we showed up at the racetrack and we're like, oh man, we're going to run, you know, 15th or 20th or 25th. You know, I just never had that. And when I went to the cup side, I don't think people realize, and, and, and I know, you know, this, but I, I know you, you know, over the last few years, you've, you've seen it even more and more there's not a slouch in the cup garage period. I don't care if you run first or last, every driver that gets in the cup garage is a somebody. They are extremely talented. They work really hard. You know, you literally drive your guts out every week. And on the days you finish 35th, you're like, that was a hundred percent. Like, I don't know what I needed to do any better to be up there but I can promise you that we didn't have whatever that was today. And, and, you know, you're talking about some of these places, you're talking about hundredths or tenths that separate, you know, eight, 10, 12, 15 cars, you know? And, and so for me, I didn't do a good job of compartmentalizing that because when I, when I switched, I didn't know what it was like to run bad. I really truly didn't know what it was like to run bad and, and to not have the resources that we thought we were going to have and to not have, um, you know, a lot of things that we thought we were going to have. I mean, we, we did um, have a, a Hendrick engines at the time, which obviously, um, you know, made up for a big chunk of what we did, the, the races where we ran good. It, you know, I think that, um, you know, we definitely had that benefit on our side. But, you know, at one point, I remember we were running car, I don't know, I think we had car 608 
was the the car that was like our you know a, a really good car for us and they built jeff gordon car 1100 um at the same time we were running car 608 you know so you just look at technology and you know that's 400 cars i don't know how quickly you can build 400 cars but i can promise you it's a probably at least a couple of years and yes, um, it wasn't last week no, it wasn't last week. And so I just didn't do a good job of compartmentalizing that. And, and eventually my wife came to me and she said, listen, when we get off the plane, like we come home, we get off the plane, it's over, right? You're going to need to let whatever, whatever happened on the racetrack, whatever happened in your mind, you need to let it go. And we're going to go home and we're going to spend our week and we're going to do our things. And, you know, you're going to go to the shop and you can talk about it, whatever. But like, when we come home from, from the racetrack and we get on a plane and we land, it's over. I don't want to hear about it. And um, that was That's really lot, when I knew. I, I tell my wife the same thing. It's a lot easier said than done, honey. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I agree with that. And I, and I think, too, you know, I've been lucky that my wife gets racing. Her dad worked on race cars whenever she was younger. She gets racing. And I think that's why, for me – she could see what it was doing to me inside. I'll be honest with you, Corey. I was, I was ready to retire, ready to quit. I wanted no part of racing anymore. Um, I, mean, I grew up racing. I grew up working in the tire shop. I grew up, you know, going to the racetrack and, and working on my own cars. And, and there is not an ounce of me that doesn't love the sport of auto racing, but I was done. I was ready to go home. I want, I, you know, I, I wanted nothing to do with racing. And that was, that was really disappointing because I, I, you know, the sport that I had known and loved was gone for me. And so it's taken me some time, but I finally gotten back to the point of where I, I love what I do and, and <laughs> call me crazy, but uh, I would probably take that shot again to go back to the cup side just to go have some fun with it uh, because I didn't enjoy the series that much. But on the other, other side of that, I love where I'm at. I love my team. I love my seven guys, um, you know, Dale and Kelly, are are fantastic you know people to work for and and you know it's just it's just a fun it's a fun race shop and so i'd I'd be disappointed if i had to leave that but on the other hand you know i would definitely go back up racing what if you could possibly have your cake and eat it too my friend we've heard some rumblings of jr motorsports looking possibly acquiring a charter and and dale jr said i think it was a sports business journal uh article he says if if there was a time for JM Motorsports to get in, it would be next year. It wouldn't be 23. It won't be 24. It has to be with the new car next year, clean slate. It doesn't look probable, but if it was on the table, as you just mentioned, I'm sure you would look pretty hard at it, wouldn't you? I would, um, but I will say this. You know, one of the things that has gotten me to this point and, and has kept me in this point and is a huge part of who I am is my sponsor, Brand Professional Agriculture. And, you know, one of the interesting things about this, and, and you, I know you've knocked on doors and been in board meetings and, you know, been to dinners and, you know, in this, in the, in today's sport sponsorship is what makes our world go around. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I look at for me is on the cup side, the value is obviously eyes, right? You know, there, there are a ton of eyes on Sundays watching the races uh, on, on TV, on the broadcast, watching the races. Um, but with that comes a price, right? So the cost of, you know, going to the track and doing hospitality is more expensive. The cost of buying tickets to the track is more expensive. 
the cost of getting hotel rooms on Saturday night for the Sunday cup race is more expensive. One of the things that's very interesting to me is, is the business model of Brandt is very much so, you know, they kind of have their customer base, right? I, I don't, I don't feel like for them, you know, and, and I'm in a very unique situation too, because, you know, we have Unilever brands as part of our sponsorship. So you know, this past weekend, I had a good humor ice cream, but we've had Briar's ice cream. We've had Suave Men. We've had Dove Men. We've got Degree. We've got Hellman's, you know, you got all these brands that are direct to consumer, right? Their, their biggest goal and what they do with sponsorship is getting a consumer, a consumer to go to the store and buy their products. Brand is literally the exact opposite of that. And their big thing that they do is hospitality and you know the people in the grandstands or people on tv seeing their name on a card doesn't really help them right so for me being selfish yes i want to go to the cup side but if that meant that i have to you know leave that relationship to make it work or they you know doesn't make sense for them to come with me on the cup side is it really worth it right and, I, and i'm not i'm not a proponent of you know I think if we have an opportunity that's the right opportunity, then you should absolutely take it. But on the other hand, you know, I'm, I'm very much aware of what they've done for me and what, what they've done to help my career. And I want to make sure that I'm returning the favor. And if that means I never go back to a single cup race again, I'm okay with that. I, I'm, I'm actually probably beyond okay with that. Um, and, and I know that might be hard for some people to, gather especially some of our fans i've seen some of our fans have some pretty interesting unique uh comments and takes on on you know my career path but you know your dad was extremely successful in the bush series extremely successful and i don't know that he would trade that success and burn all the bridges that he's ever that he's ever made in the sport just to go back cup racing right yeah. i think what he's what he's been able to accomplish is he's created a legacy for himself but but also too he enjoyed where he was at he enjoyed the people he was around and and it made it worth it so for me that's kind of that's my my thought process in a nutshell and i know that's probably a little more in depth than than uh what what i wanted to get into but um you know i, I think it, it it goes without saying that you know i i love what i do and i love the people that i'm around well that's awesome we love getting in depth here in stack and penny so i appreciate you opening I, up. before you leave that's kind of why i went there yeah well and and I didn't want to burn up all the good content on Sirius Radio. That's why I kept a couple of good for the uh, for the good questions here for Stack and Pennies for all of our our trusted listeners. But before you go, we always ask, "Would you rather?" questions with our guests. And the last couple of weeks, I have not been preparing these whatsoever. But you brought up a good point, uh, and I'm I'm going to ask a "Would you rather?" question based off of your previous test driver NASCAR career. That's how we started, right? Okay. Would you rather be a test driver for just call it a, man, a manufacturer for Chevrolet, right? For the and drive all the new cars, but never race another day in your life competitively, just testing, or be in the slowest car in a cup race? Oh, uh, no question. I would. I would be a test driver. You know, I've been lucky enough to drive the Wheel Force car, and and. Um... One thing for me that is very interesting is driving that car, going and validating the sim, you know, at the, at the, at the simulator, but also to connecting two worlds, right? So you're connecting the engineering world to the application world of, of, you know, 
how everything goes around the racetrack. I've actually fallen in love with that. And, and I'm not an engineer by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not that smart. Um, I did attempt to go to college originally and the plan was to be an engineer. Um, my chemistry teacher ended that real quickly uh, when he wouldn't let me skip a lab to go to a, to a race. So I, I, I bailed on uh, chemistry and the rest is history, but um, you know, I've enjoyed that role. And every time I see a, a Chevrolet team successful, I, it, it makes me smile inside because I, you know, the, the tools that we use come from, you know, the, the, the data collected from, you know, those tests and those cars and the simulator and what we do. And, and so every moment that I'm every, every lap that I make in either one of those um, if it connects what I do in there to the real world application and I see a Chevrolet team win right now, it makes me, it makes me extremely happy. So I feel like that one's pretty easy, but, but definitely a, a big deal to me. Yeah. That was, that was kind of a softball question. We'll get into the hard stuff here later. Number two, would you rather eat if you had to eat one thing for a month? Are you eating Martinsville hot dogs or good humor ice cream sandwiches? Uh, well, that one's easy. Good humor ice cream sandwiches. I don't eat hot dogs, a uh, so that one that one would not happen. Um, I know many of people that have eaten tons of Martinsville hot dogs, but uh, the thing with good humor ice cream is I'd never run out of flavor, so I'm pretty pretty okay with that. Ooh, and now how how I guess this isn't even a would you ever. Which one would you gain more weight on, good humor ice cream or Martinsville hot dogs? Uh, well. I think uh, all things in moderation are okay. Uh, my problem is I've, especially during COVID times and now that, you know, my wife's pregnant, moderation has kind of gone out the window. And um, yeah, I, 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 I feel like my fire suit is kind of like the casing on the Martinsville hot dog. It's just <laughs> holding it all together. And uh, when I unzip that baby, it, 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 yeah, it's a little, it gets, gets a little crazy. It's a little, a little saucy in there. Speaking of speaking of your wife, Ashley's due somewhere around two weeks, Charlotte weekend. So you're crossing her fingers, hoping that that baby comes out sometime around there where you're close to home and not when we're in Austin, Texas. Uh, yeah, I'm crossing fingers. She's crossing legs. Um, yeah. You know, Coda is the weekend before. So we're a little bit nervous about that one because obviously it is a practice weekend. So your travel time is a little bit longer. But, you know, for us, um, we didn't plan it or time it around a race, but it's it's seemingly working out pretty well that way. Uh, we did have a scare yesterday. We we had to rush to the doctor yesterday. We thought maybe we thought maybe that it was time, but uh, you know it was a false alarm. But you know it's 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 been crazy, and and um, we didn't experience this side of it with with Harper. Ashley actually was induced early. She had to have surgery while she was pregnant, and uh, so she was induced early with Harper, and and so we didn't experience these emotions with Harper. So it, uh, it's been a little stressful. Well, we wish you and the wife well there. Last question. And I love this one. I've been asking more and more, even out of the podcast context, if you had to pick one car and one track to race out for the rest of your life, what are you going with? Uh, I'm going with the old style cup car. And when I say old style, I mean like, like COT splitters in the wing on the back. No, 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 no. I'm going like true old school, you know, I mean, the Nova that Dale had at, at, at Darlington, I, I, I salivate over that car. I'm, there's drool marks all over it. Cause I walk by it every day at the shop. Dude, I and, built and a I seat in that thing. 
I built this. I, I, I heard that. I heard that you built that. That's awesome. It's, uh, I mean, that's just a gorgeous car. I would drive a car like that at Bristol all day, every day for the rest of my life. There is, I don't even have to think about that one. It's, Ooh, it's a done deal. I love that answer. So like late 80s cup car asphalt Bristol for the win. Yes, absolutely. Not concrete Bristol. Now I'm not, yeah. I'm not opposed to concrete Bristol, but like asphalt Bristol to me is, is where it's at on, but it's gotta be on bias plies. It's gotta be on the right tire. It's gotta be period. Correct. Like if, if we're doing this, we're going all in. Like it, it would definitely be, you oh, know, yeah. 1980, let's just say 1982 Bristol everything about it that's my you, go-to you line up next to tim richmond and you're behind dale senior with a ricky rudd pushing you that don't get the hey, i'm down i don't know what does i'm down let's do it well just now guy appreciate you jumping on stacking pens with us congrats again and i'll uh hopefully uh ashley doesn't have the baby yet until charlie <laughs> right well I, I do appreciate it and uh love what you're doing man it's uh it's been fun to watch you you grow this and and to uh to see where you're at in your career, man, it's been fun. So I appreciate uh, appreciate you having me on, and looking forward to uh, maybe getting to hang out here a little bit after uh, after this whole coronavirus thing settles down a little bit. Let's hope, man. Not soon enough. Have a good one, Justin Algar. Thank you. Thanks. All right, guys. Great friend, now good friend of this podcast, Stack and Pennies. We have the president of Dover Speedway, Mike Tatoyan, joining us here. How you doing, sir? Awesome. How are you doing, Corey? I just noticed that that sunshine's shining on my head pretty brightly, so I got to do something with a filter, but it's too late now. So I'm, I'm doing fine. I'm going to get at the suntan while I'm doing this, I guess. Good thing it's not a video show because you got a face for radio like me. <laughs> All right. Perfect. <laughs> Good. But awesome. we've, man, we've got a big week leading up to the Dry Dean 400 here at Dover. Uh, what, are, what are you and the team doing to prepare uh, for when the, when the circus comes into town? Yeah, no, that's right. It, it is. It'll be a bit of an abbreviated circus from the fans' own perspective, but we're still subject to, and hopefully, I think we're on the tail end of of this all this COVID stuff. And I, I think we're starting to see facilities and stadiums, arenas starting to open up. Hopefully, we're on the tail end of it. So when we get to our track in Nashville, we'll be completely opened up. But you know, moving into this, we had to. The first and foremost, we had to. Um, submit a big, a pretty comprehensive plan to the state to be able to host fans. And uh, we'll, we'll have 20,000 fans here this weekend. Uh, that's as many as we could see, which uh, we were happy that we got approval. So just getting ready for that, making sure that everybody pays attention to the rules. Uh, we'll have a bit of abbreviated fan zone, not a ton of stuff that's going on, but uh, we're just happy to have fans back in the, uh, in the facility. It's amazing. I almost took for granted. I think we all did having fans in the in the venue for each event. But during quarantine, when there wasn't anybody, the the there was just not any energy in the stadium. So even having twenty thousand, like it's going to be at Monster Mile this weekend, it's definitely going to add some energy to the event for sure. Because Dover is one of my favorite tracks. I have a Miles the Monster trophy on my mantle, which I love looking at. And Levi, uh, my little one year old, he's obviously captivated by it as well. He points at the points that on the shelf yeah i wanted to ask you what goes in behind building one of the coolest trophies we have in the nascar circuit yeah thank you for that we are we are pretty proud of it um it is you know you're you're kind of known uh it kind of reflects we we try to have something that 
reflected the uh, the actual track. So you know, in in the past we used to have um, a, a couple of other different trophies, but it was probably about fifteen. Well, more than fifteen years ago, we had this designed by a company out of Oklahoma City, and it went through a bunch of different machinations, did, went through a bunch of different looks. But we wanted to have something mean, menacing, and it's heavy, as you know, uh, and so. Miles the Monster was born probably 16 or 17 years ago. And, uh, you know, that thing weighs, I don't know, the, the, the cup trophy weighs about 35 pounds or so. So it, it's a heavy trophy, and it's distinguishable, right? It doesn't look like anything else in any of the other sports. So we're pretty we're pretty proud of it. It's a, it's a fun trophy to give out. And obviously for you and others, it's even more fun to win one. Absolutely, and and I would love to have one of those big ones. The the K and N trophies were a little bit smaller because when you got that cup one with holding the diecast car, it's certainly something you want to be proud of. But uh, another t- transition with the trophy in mind, one of the more another uh, iconic trophy was always the guitar from Nashville, and obviously Dover owns yeah. and operates Nashville Super Speedway, which you're going to here in a couple weeks for the first time the Cup Series ever. What's up your sleeve for a Nashville trophy. Yeah, I think that, that well, well the, what you're talking about is uh, it was a trophy that was designed, and I think everybody that's been in or around the sport was designed by Sam Bass. And he did just a magnificent job of designing the trophies, and that's what we kind of became known for. So there will be an element to that. Again, obviously, Sam passed away and isn't able to, obviously not able to design the trophy um, with the guitar. So, uh, but we're going to try to do a couple of things that still kind of reflects that. So because Nashville, it's it's music, right? So you have to have some element of that into uh, into the trophy. So I know that Rick, um, Eric Moses, our our president, will be revealing our, our trophy and what we're going to be giving away here in a couple of weeks. So it'll be cool. Um, I can't wait. I've never actually raced there. A lot of guys have had uh, some Bush Series or Xfinity Series uh, seat time there. So I'm excited to to try out that track. Is there any plans? And you might not be uh, in the competition talks per se, but is there any talks for like PJ one or resin on the track to get a second lane working? Yeah, there's there's been uh, there's been actually some testing, Corey, a couple of different times, and um, you know whether it's it's uh, PJ one or some resin or some tire dragging, all those kind of things that are that that may be taking place, just in, you know, to help whatever we can to uh, improve the racing there. Uh, but you know. In, in, in my position, um, oddly enough, it, it's kind of odd to say, but I don't necessarily worry about, you know, there's enough things on our own plate as track operators. So as far as from the facility perspective, and I think your listeners will uh, understand this, the way NASCAR works is when, when you and, and the circus come to town, everything that takes place on the track is really kind of out of our control. Our responsibility is everything that happens outside of the track. So all of the activations, the live music, the food, beverage, everything, you know, the circus, our circus takes place outside the track. And then there's, of course, the other circus inside the track. So, you know, there are so many from dividing responsibilities. Um, oddly enough, I don't, just like a, as a fan, you want to see a great race, right? And so whatever NASCAR can do to create a great race, we leave it up to them. They're they're better at they're much better at that than I would be, and they don't worry about you know how much are we pricing beer and hot dogs. So we kind of no no pun intended. We kind of stay in our lane, 
Uh, we do our thing, they do their thing. But I think they're they're thinking through, as you know, all of those things that can create the most exciting race that we can have. And like you said, it's been, um, you know, it's, it's a big event for the sport. So hopefully the show that takes place, both with trucks, Xfinity, and Cup, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, that we'll see some, some great racing and a lot of work by our staff and Eric Moses, track president. Uh, a lot of work's going into that facility. So it'll be great to have everybody there in, in five or six weeks. Going up, coming up this weekend, we have, uh, as, you, as you said, big weekends also take uh, big and great partners to come along with it. So we're lucky enough, you to share uh, Dry Dean lubrications and oils with me. They've been a uh, supporter on the race car of mine for the last couple of years at Dover. So the car looks amazing. I think we just announced it yesterday by the time this podcast comes out. But uh, it's it's awesome to be able to brand or get a company like Drydeen back on my car as well as they've been a great supporter of, of Dover Speedway. So it's it's cool to uh, to figure out ways to, to co-brand together and get those guys the best bang for the buck. Yeah, you know, we, we talk, and anybody that knows anything about our sport, whether you're in, you know, in the driver's seat or operating a facility, uh, corporate partners are the backbone of, of what we do, in addition, obviously, to our fans. And, you know, yesterday I was just having a conversation with somebody from the media, and we were talking about, you know, exemplary partners in the sport. And it, this one happened to be talking about Comcast and Xfinity and what they do for the sport and how they activate it and how they use it as a platform, not only for the sport itself, but, uh, and Corey, you do a, a great job of this um, off the track, the things that are that are important to, to Xfinity and Comcast as far as, you know, the Comcast Champion of the Year and the, the Dash for Cash and, you know, all the things that they do from a, from a global corporate perspective. Uh, Driving does the same thing. So you talk about sponsors that are great to work with that use the platform, but it's more than just um, a, tra- a financial transaction for us. And I think if you talk to uh, my peers, the, the sponsors that that you, you don't necessarily treat as a pure financial transaction are the sponsors that we like to work with the most because we're really in a partnership. And I know that sounds corny and tried and, you know, it's, it's it maybe is an overused term, but when you have partners like Dryden that you genuinely like the guys on the other side of the table when you're negotiating something, uh, and Dryden has been that for us the last handful of years, and so they are more than just a financial transaction. They're a great partner of ours, and uh, obviously they're huge motorsports fans, but not only what they do for tracks, but even in other uh, uh, sanctioning bodies, what they're doing so. It's fun to have them back and have you back in that driving car this weekend. Absolutely. As you mentioned, they're a great supporter of motorsports from sprint cars and, and the World of Outlaws all the way down or all the way up to uh, Sunday afternoon here at the Dry Dean 400. You'll be driving around in the – I'll be driving around in the Chevy Camaro number 7 Dry Dean. It looks, it looks yeah. awesome. The ch- paint scheme should be out. But, again, Mike, I appreciate the time. I know you got uh, a lot of stuff leading up to get ready for this week. I'm sure the, the tent is starting to roll in and we'll use the circus analogy again. So Mike, yeah. love to, thank you for yeah. coming on. Yeah. Thanks a lot. See you this weekend. Good luck. Yes, sir. Talk soon. Time for heads or tails. We've got a couple jackpot races to choose from here, but I just gotta, I gotta rehash it. 
Yeah. It's a little bit of a sore subject to me. <laughs> Still. Heads or tails? The 43 throwback car or the 7 car this weekend? You're you're okay. Okay. I'm a, See, you're sitting right across from me. Yeah. Good thing this table's wide if you say the 43 car. <laughs> I was going to say the 7 though, just because it's the number. Like to me, it's the number and the sponsor. It's the whole deal. Yeah. Like those... We're at we're racing out of Allen's shop. Yeah. It's the same number. Granted, it's not a Ford. Yeah. It's a Chevy Camaro. It's not the Underbird. Under Marrow. I mean, granted, the forty-three is the the same number, and it's it's the same stuff. But but to me, have the, we not seen that scheme we every have, week? We have, and the the Kawiki stuff like that to me is just a cooler concept. So I would go that way, Merriman. What what's your uh, take? You you gonna you gonna suck up to the I'm host? Uh, too? Yeah, you better. <laughs> no, I think for authenticity, yes, but there is something i'm like a fish man like like looking at a fishing lure there's something about the damn day glow red on that car on that 43 that i'm instantly attracted to it is orange it's not red it's orange yeah well you you might need to adjust the the, the colors the the colors on your tv yeah it's orange um the paint code is day (laughs) glow red the color appears to be orange it's orange um heads or tails if you were if if Merriman was a puffer fish and I was a shark, who wins? I'd be a big ass puffer fish. I don't know if your jaws open that big. <laughs> They're poisonous too, aren't they? They yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He might. He might. Uh, you might get him, but he could get you. I've been called toxic a time or two. <laughs> I guess we'll never find out. Be like a double yeah. knockout. Chuck, what do you yeah. got for a heads or tails? <laughs> We'd both die. Yeah. <laughs> Heads or tails, uh, Truex or Larson at Dover? Um, well, Larson got out in his post race and said he feels like he's the top three cup team right now, which, I mean, that is completely accurate. It's the five, it's the 19, it's the 11 that are that have elevated themselves better than everybody else. So you look at some previous races, he hauled ass in that Ganassi car, and anytime I talk to him, he says that Hendrick car – is heads and shoulders uh, over the bumps than uh, than what he had been driving. So uh, Dover has a lot of uh, cracks in it. Not I say cracks, joints from the concrete. So it's almost like every 20 feet there is a joint. And on low, low low tire pressure, you don't feel those. But on the back end of a run when the tires are up in pressure, those things feel like you're hitting speed bumps. So with that being said, on what Larson's uh, – comments or, or I guess his feedbacks have been about those Hendrick cars that thing's gonna be hooked up and I don't know if you remember or not Jimmy Johnson won 11 times at Dover so you give Kyle Larson a good car around Dover he's gonna be hard to beat Jonathan you got anything yeah I'll take the five all okay. day long that's actually the first uh, one of the first pairings in jackpot races your chance to win 25 grand this weekend if you don't work for NASCAR uh so they have in the in their group one Hamlin, Truex, Larson, Elliott, Logano. So they're pretty stacked in that. So so Larson's good. Group two is Byron, Harvick, Kyle Busch, Keselowski, or Blaney. That's a little harder. Say that one more time. You got Byron, Harvick, Kyle Busch, Brad Kay, and Ryan Blaney. Man, I think Willie B's been on a little bit of a roll, man. He's been, what's that, 10 straight top 10s or something like that? Um, yeah. When does that when does that stop? You know what I mean? Like to me, it's really surprising. I know him and him and Rudy have worked together before, but I mean, Fugel's got him hooked up on the yeah. twenty four. I mean, Rudy no 
Rudy knows how to make cargo around in a circle for sure. So I'm gonna out of that group, I'm gonna take Willie B. I'm bullish on the old Willie B right now. I think I think What's say you, Charles? I, I know SHR is in a bad place right now, but yeah. something about Kevin Harvick and Dover, You can't cat him out. You can't and you I feel like do Do Dover's one of those tracks that he can He's got a couple of wins there. He won there last year. Where did he finish this weekend? Uh, Top five, I thought. He finished. Hang on. I can pull that up. How about Almirola and Cole Custer folding the cars yeah. in half? Yeah, I the said inside the inside wall. wall out of turn two was not kind to Stuart Haas this past Sixth. weekend. Sixth. Sixth. His, the last three races, mm. he has finished fourth, second, and sixth. Mm. So he's creeping back in there. He's creeping back in so there. So I think Dover could be, could be when you see Harvick back in victory lane. Yeah. All right, last group: Bowman, Kurt Busch, Christopher Bell, Austin Dillon, Matt DeBenedetto. Uh, I'm gonna go with the, I'm gonna go with Chris Bell. I feel like he's starting to get some confidence. He's been running strong. I'm gonna go with the 20 there. It might be a little bit of a uh, out on a limb, but I'm taking the 20. I like Curtis. Curtis. You Bush. like Curtis Bush? Yeah. If he can keep it from catching on fire, I'll go DeBenedetto on that. Yeah. Curdy McBush race. I think that old veteran still got a couple more tricks up his sleeve, and Dover could be one of those tracks that uh, could, he could do well. I think he could do that's that. a that's a Blue Mountain take there. That is a Blue Mountain take. I just yeah. There there are you're drunk. There Charles, are go home. Eight to eleven cars that have more speed than than the one does. I think any given week. But like I said, the guy's champion. Won a lot of races. Don't count Kurt Busch out. I mean, we didn't have Merriman on last week, and we didn't really have any cold takes. So I figured we might as well bring like, something. Try something. Like Makes go out sense. on a limb, see what happens. It's contagious. Yeah. <laughs> so. Last heads or tails. Monster the Miles. Monster the Miles? Miles the Miles Monster. The monster yeah. Versus the Xfinity field. Oh, you, oh, okay, 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 okay. I see what you're saying here. We're going to have a big one in the back. Yeah. Uh, coming off a two, I think. I think so. That's usually what happens. Yeah. Kind of stacks up the thing. Red mm. flag, like, over under three red flags. No, not at three red flags. I think maybe, like, a third of the field. Yes, no, I, I, I could see that. That is a track that will come up and bite you. Yep. In the Xfinity field, you've got – it's the final dash for cash race, so that's going to be going on. So guys are going to be uh, boogieing to try and get that money. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to take Miles. You're taking Miles? I'm taking Miles. Yeah. Old, the lady in black claimed her some I'll trucks this weekend too. Yeah. Holy mackerel. Dude, Dover? You you can wreck hard in Dover. People don't understand. Like there was a, I remember one time it was to, Tony Stewart or Clint Boyer wrecked in a in a, Lee, a coal spring flew out of the back of the Xfinity mm. car onto pit road. Oh, he yeah, hit so yeah, hard. that was the wreck with Joey Logano. He they both schmelled the wall. I, rem, I when I you you picked the Benedetto. I'd like to get his point of view from this wreck because he was running the K and N race. This was right when he was he was driving K and N for for Gibbs, and Denny was driving the Bush car, and they wanted to get Matt some seat time. Uh, so after K&N practice, Bush cars go out, or I think it might have Nationwide or something. And Matt's obviously a bigger guy than, than Denny was, and he comes off turn two, and his hand got stuck on the belt, and he augured that thing on the inside <laughs> fence. Uh, he, so Denny, then he had to start in the back with a backup car because Matt was uh, – you know, a young young guy trying to get some experience and didn't fit in the car and, and physically just couldn't turn, couldn't counter steer the wheel because it was his belts were in it. Now, I, I I think those are accurate facts. I'd like to get his, but that uh, I think it was a twenty car uh, that was not straight after uh, after that practice crash. 
I know you said last heads or tails, but I got one more. Okay. All right. So, and this isn't current trophy, but uh, heads or tails, Miles the Monster versus the, and I'm rehashing that old Pocono-Dover rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, Miles the Monster versus the old Pocono trophy with the flag and the eagle. I've got one of those, too. Arctic like, trophy. rock, flag, and eagle. The eagle is, like, getting yeah. it on with the American flag. I love that trophy. Which is the better trophy? Miles the Monster. Jonathan? Miles the Monster. I'll tell you, and, and I'll even take it one step further. That gold one for the 50th anniversary. Yes, yeah, oh, yeah. that gold monster looks so good. I mean, I played softball for Dover in one of those games, but I leaned towards that po- the old Pocono Trophy. Currently, Miles is the, like, hands-down best one, but that old yeah. Pocono Trophy. I heard this year they're giving away a real bald eagle with Pocono. <laughs> like and a, a leather real- glove yeah, to yeah. hold it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, that, there it is, guys. Yeah. Heads or tails, another great addition. Got any spare change in your pocket today? I Actually, I don't. I got some in my truck, though. Spare change. We're going to Dover, one of my favorite tracks. What do we got? Do, is the, are the trucks there this weekend? I don't know. Who knows? All I, I just I just look at the truck. Let me just do an actual on. bit on this. I'll give you the Dover weekend schedule. Arkham Menards, Xfinity, and Cup. Okay. Triple header. Arca is Friday, Saturday, yeah. Spare change this week. Going to Dover. We've got the Arca cars. We've got the Xfinity cars. And we've got the Cup cars. Excited to go there. We have the 750 low downforce package, guys. So be ready for another barn burner of a race. Cars slipping, sliding around uh, around the monster. Who knows? It might get uh, might get some cars taken out. But uh, we don't have a Corey Stories this week, guys. So just do we? No, we don't. When we had, uh, you know, a couple of more interviews. Uh, yeah. You know. Uh, I think the story was about the Benedetto wall. That, was, a, that was kind of a story, yeah, stories, I guess. I mean, you could always just riff one and just, you know, tell the no, story. No, no. We could talk about Miles the Monster and how he's hollow and he's <laughs> the largest freestanding monster. On That was the concept and for you it. Could, and you could crawl up inside. Yeah, you can crawl up inside Mo- Miles the Monster and just feel at home, mm. warm and cozy. <laughs> uh, it's air-conditioned. It's like the inside of Richie yeah, Rich. Yeah. That was our concept yeah. for it, but yeah, with the yeah. guests that we had on, I think it, yeah. it you know, lost. It, it got cut. Some things get cut from the show. You know, it happens. It wasn't strong strong enough to make the cut this week. Yeah. It's a high bar. If you want to hear it, fans, tweet us. You know, like do hashtag stacking pennies and say I want to hear that story. Yeah, and then maybe maybe we'll release it just as like a little uh, one off uh, special edition. Special Corey edition. Stories. Yeah, core stories. Maybe Gluck will tweet out, was it a good Corey story poll? <laughs> Man, that would be the day where I make it. Was it a good Corey stories? Well, I do know there was a good stack of pennies this week, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Subscribe, feedback, comment, 10 stars, all the stuff. Rate and review on iTunes. Yeah, all that good stuff. Thanks, guys. See you next week. <laughs>